Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, and sometimes I share things myself on topics where I feel led to speak about um, a variety of things going on. The last few weeks, I've been especially led to share a variety of topics and introduce you to our special edutainers. If you haven't heard from our second ever global real entertainment therapy experience, this morning I was awoken from just this this still small voice in my heart from the creator of the universe saying you need to introduce yourself. You need to talk a little bit about why you're going to be hosting this and why you created this in the first place. So this is 100% impromptu. I'm still still, um, leaning into what the creator desires for me to share with you. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you're listening to the show. The whole purpose, my, my life mission is to help empower people to find happiness from within, especially those with depression, like myself, so that uh, today you continue on to tomorrow, tomorrow you continue on to the next day, and so on and so forth. The Real Entertainment Therapy Experience, the idea came to me earlier this year, but it's not the first therapy that I've developed. This is actually the 14th therapy that I've developed since 2010, 2012. Uh, My first one was in graduate school. And, And that's called Project Asthma. I've spoken a little bit about it. Um, that itself is uh, as a certain particular type of music therapy. It was songs and dances that I had created out of my own knowing and out of my research for a year that I spent studying asthma because it was a new diagnosis for me in graduate school and because it was the population that I had chose to focus my research on to, be, to bring uh, awareness, compassion, and empathy. Um, it was supposed to be for a fifth grade age group, but uh, teachers evaluated my program in the classroom for fifth grade, in the gymnasium for uh, elementary health and fitness teachers, and then in the music elementary classrooms. And the feedback from most of them was that it was not fifth grade appropriate. The music was too challenging, (laughs) which I was like, I've never even taught music before. How could this be too challenging? So that taught me that I did know a thing or two about music creation. Um, They said that the music was high school level and the dance choreography or flip-flop. I can't remember, but they said middle school level for one and then high school level for, for the other. During the pandemic, when I had to go into safe housing, 
when my home had gotten broken into, my technologies had been compromised due to, well, a lot of people have a lot of stories of who, who done it, right? <laughs> but it was too coincidental that there was a professional security person that I had invited to, I believe, my 12th therapy that I had developed called Rich Happy Therapy. And they wanted to meet up um, the following day or a couple days later um, to meet in person, shake hands, you know, do a networking luncheon, things of that nature. But um, the person that I was seeing at the time started getting really cold towards me. And I had uninvited them to my event because they were talking some nonsense. And I was like, I don't need anything bad to happen at my event. Um, And so they got ticked off for being uninvited. And I started noticing that my technologies were acting really strange. So I had reached out to one of my podcast guests who's a retired DEA agent and I said I think the person that I my ex at this point because I was I was uh, no longer receiving any sort of romantic communication from this person um, I said I, th- I think he's messing with my technologies but I don't know I don't know for certain Um, so he had made a recommendation to reach out to have a wellness check performed on him. Now, I didn't know what a wellness check was, but when he described it, he said it's where officers go in with their uniforms off. Usually they'll bring a woman in and they de-escalate the situation. Now, he said he will be upset with you, but it might be what he needs. If he's disrespecting your business technologies because you didn't invite him to an event, that's not an okay behavior. And I was like, okay. So I attempted to call the non-emergency line, and I attempted to get him a wellness check Um, but the authorities either didn't hear me or they didn't have that same offering in that area that I was um, stuck in during the pandemic I'm not sure exactly which Um, I had looked in my journal as well before making that phone call and had been with this person uh, kind of stuck in the pandemic in that area f- for almost a year at this point. It was, I think, February to March, close to, at this point, close to the end of October. And I had seen the ups and downs. I journal frequently. And this particular individual had made a very concerning threat to his mother. And I had called him out on it um, because he had spoken it to me over the phone like he forgot that he was 
on earth, like he was having like a psychotic episode and where he was so upset about something that she was manipulating um, in him that day. And he was, he was venting, he was letting out his frustrations. And this was closer to February of that year. And he said he was going to kill her. And he sounded so evil in his voice, like I believed he would have in that moment had I not told him that's not okay. Um, I snapped him back into reality and I was like, um, I'm going to have to report you. And he quickly was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm from New York. That's how we talk. And I'm sorry. I have a lot of friends from New York. And yeah, you might say joking things, but when your tone inflection and when you're just all the factors, it just, it was not a joke. And I knew that it wasn't a joke. So I talked to his mom the next morning because that was late at night and he would have these psychotic episodes late very late at night um and I say psychotic episode psychosis is probably more appropriate to the terminology um because he was getting into I believe alcohol too which um if you have different disorders I, I don't know what his diagnoses were because he said that doctors refused to treat him but I believe he had some sort of um, I think he had both schizophrenia and bipolar disorder because he would speak to himself frequently and also because of his mood swings, uh, which is called psychoaffective. I'm not sure, though, and I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose, but um, from what I experienced just being around him a little while in my 12 months working in a psychiatric hospital, um, I put two and two together. When I spoke to his mother the next day in the kitchen, when he was outside, he could not hear me. She completely brushed it to the side. She was fine. There was nothing wrong with her son. No issues whatsoever. I let her know that I was there if she needed help, that what he did, what he said was completely unacceptable. And I tried to explain to her something that had happened to my boss's neighbor at that point, but she wasn't ready to hear it. So she quickly changed the subject. And I respected her wishes because what mother would want to believe that they had m made such a mistake that their own child would want to kill them. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, this, was, this was a scary year for a lot of us. And I don't share this information to put you in a bad mood. I share this information to give you the background surrounding situation of where I was at during one of the most challenging seasons of my year and what the creator of the universe has allowed me to endure, to add pressure, to add resilience, to add a supernatural power to prove that the only way I made it through was through the Creator, through people that the Creator brought to me. So back to the story. So I had been dealing with uh, the highs and the lows of, at this point, um, I'm calling him my ex, though we didn't have a conversation of, of him being my ex, right, because he had already threatened with a plan to kill his own mother. So I was, uh, I was tiptoeing very nicely around the conversation, um, but I was giving him distance. And 
I had called the non-emergency line to ask them to perform a wellness check. Um, the police department that I had called uh, at first didn't listen to me, so I had to explain what I just explained to you about how he had the first attempt and his mother didn't listen. And then I said, well, there was a second conversation where he was speaking out into the air like I wasn't even there about how easy it would be to kill someone that uh, through COVID and no one would even know. And I thought that was the most sickening thing that I could hear. And I was sitting right next to him in person. So there was no doubt that he had said that. Um, additionally, he was drinking more heavily. He had offered to give me a ride home after we were celebrating um, one business successful thing. Um, he was inviting a particular person to come out to shoot some videos and whatnot. Um, and we had booked him or something. Now, this was through his business venture, but the person that I was staying with, he had um, asked... Um, us to clean the house and leave a space for him. Um, it, it was like an Airbnb. So we were all kind of connected with it. Um, so he was having a, a few too many drinks, but I had arrived um, through a lift vehicle, I believe. And so I, I didn't drive. And he said, I'll drive you home, no problem, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was walking fine to his vehicle, but unfortunately he drove me drunk. Um, and he was swerving over the lanes, acting completely like a different person from the person that I had met a few months prior. Now, there was an anniversary coming up um, of his son's passing. And um, I've already talked about some dark stuff, so I apologize for not warning you beforehand. But if you do have kids that are listening, um, you might want to pause this and listen, review it, and then let them listen afterwards. Um, <clears throat> during this time, lost my train of thought. So we're driving, or he's driving me home, um, and almost hits the median in the middle. Um, at that moment, I, I was like, I've never riding with this person again. He put me in a dangerous situation by driving me drunk. That's not acceptable to me. If, you, if you're ever with someone and they say that they could drive you home and they drive you drunk or they drive you while they're high, they do not care about you as a human being. Um, we've been around the block way too many times with DUIs. I believe they changed those laws at least where I'm from, the Pacific Northwest, in the 80s, 1980s. So we're 40 years ago. Um, this, was, this was the time of year that was getting really close to the, the death of his son. Now, his son had ended his life by self-infliction, by suicide. And so I believe he was having extreme pain over the anniversary because of the guilt that he felt, because of that was his only child. And he didn't really have much, but he loved his son. So I had extreme compassion.
for him being a mental health business owner, being a mental health advocate for people with depression. That that is what had um, connected us in the first place and where he had shared and was open with me about the death of his son. So I had extreme compassion during, during this time. And when I had asked for the wellness check, I could have easily said, please send him to jail or prison uh, because he had a plan to kill his mom. He was very specific with it. And he started gathering us together and going out to events to celebrate together. I believe he was trying to use other people to, to get infected himself so that he would infect his mother. And that was what I had told the police, that he was sick in the mind, he was no longer of sound mind, but I didn't want him to just go to prison, right? I have a compassionate heart, and I believe mercy over justice every time, even if it's Even if it's something as bad as that. I've never been through that before. And I'm getting emotional because... I love myself. I love how I responded in that situation. And I would do it again. I would do that same response every single time. But unfortunately, what had happened, the police did not perform a wellness check. I believe they went guns ablazing because I had to tell them more and more details in order for them to feel it was important enough to go check on his mental well being. I said, well, his neighbor, who is also his business partner, was called from the neighbor behind them because the neighbor behind him heard that he was breaking things in the back and were concerned about the elderly person living in the home. And they said, how old is he? And I said, he is like 40 years old or in his 40s. And his mom was in her 70s. So they got pissed off. So they no longer were officers listening to me of sound mind, being willing to offer like mental health counseling, they got upset because, and I think it's what would naturally occur, right? They put their shoes, they put their minds in his shoes and, and imagined if it was their own mother and how upset they got at him for not responding how they would respond instead of meeting him where he was at with his mental crisis. So I believe they went uniforms on, either beat the crap out of him or threatened to arrest him. And then I believe I wasn't there. I have no idea what happened. Um, I assumed that they did what I requested. But my landlord at the time, my Airbnb host that had let me um, stay there, um, she talked to me in the back of her property and was like, Aaron, what's going on? I got a really disturbing phone call from him. And she wouldn't tell me what he said. And I was like, well, I called the non-emergency line based on the advice of one of my agent friends, or connections, I should say. And 
he told me about, you know, this, this wellness check that they do with uniforms off and whatnot. She's like, I don't think he got a wellness check. And I was like, well, what, what did he say? And she refused to tell me what he said. But she was so concerned about me. She said, Aaron, my ex-husband. suffered from mental illness and while we were married he tried to kill me multiple times she said he tried to run me off the road one time when we were on the highway I am concerned for your life and me being stubborn and naive I didn't, I didn't listen to her I heard her but I didn't listen to her. I waited a few days, and that's when I reached out and started asking for help with my technology stuff. And I also reached out for help from one of my guests that had been a part of my rich, happy therapy because they had offered to meet me for lunch and I said um, I might need some different help um, I've got a situation now the situation had changed so drastically in a matter of days that um, he said no problem came over to the house, provided a couple days security detail protection, connected me to one of his battle buddies that he had fought overseas with. I, I spoke to his buddy over the phone what had happened and how I believe the police did not do the wellness check and um, I didn't know if he was arrested or not, um, but I was concerned for my safety. He said, um, request for an officer from the sheriff's department to come to your house and because you're concerned about your technologies being compromised. Like he had listening devices or someone had listening devices that were added on to my computer remotely, um, illegally. So they were listening to all my conversations. So um, I believe that he had added it one day when he had, um, this is the person that I was seeing that threatened to kill his mom. I believe he added it the day that um, he had offered to help me get my podcast onto Spotify and other platforms through his team. He had pretended he had a team. And so he had conned me into getting access to my computer. I believe that's when he put the um, technology bugs in it um, and so I'm discussing with the security details friend the information and he said um, Aaron I think you need to file the report with the sheriff's department have them come to the house and do um, do a private you know in paperwork sit down at the table they'll do they'll do the report at the table if you ask for it it's like okay <clears throat> so I was going to do that 
Um, and then that was close in the middle of the night. Um, you know, tried to get some sleep. Meanwhile, not getting much sleep, but something woke me up in the middle of the night to look on the computer for something else. And that's when I caught the person, whoever was hacking into my stuff, deleting a cease and desist email, remotely deleting it that I had already sent a few days before. I didn't even know you could erase emails that were already sent unless it was like immediate, like undo real quick. But this was a few days later. They were literally erasing it and I screenshot it. I called the sheriff's department right then and there, caught them in the act. That is a felony, um, prisonable offense. And submitted that evidence to the sheriff's department. Um, had Had the sheriff deputy come to the house, filled out the paperwork and so grateful that they came over. Um, I still have his card because he actually listened to me and he asked me, why do you think, why do you think he did it? If he, if he did intend to kill his mom, why do you think he would do it? And I said, honestly, I think he blames her for the death of his son because of how invested and involved and overbearing she was. But I don't know, that's just my perspective of being around them for a few months. And he was like, okay. So the person that I was staying with at the time, She was planning to sell her home, and she wanted us out by the end of the year. So at this point, I had a little less than two months to move out. But I believe believe the uh, information had added stress to her, and she felt concerned for her own safety and her own well-being. Um, That she asked us to leave. Well, she wanted me to leave quicker so that she wouldn't be in the crosshairs, which is understandable. So uh, she told me about this, this place called a safe house that she had visited all too frequently when she was married because when her ex-husband, who had um, bipolar disorder, when he would go into his episodes where he got violent with her, she would have to go to a safe house um, during their separation process. And they provided, you know, free food, housing, stuff like that, um, temporarily until you can get better housing. And... I was like, I was going to need some housing assistance because uh, I was stuck in another state, so I didn't have residency. And the landlord that I did have in my state of residency, um, he and I weren't talking. It was a family member who decided to uh, not respect me 
bad enough for me to have to leave unexpectedly. And so I didn't have any um, person to vouch for me for applying for housing where you're supposed to have like a conversation with the previous landlord to make sure you know they didn't damage the property and stuff. I didn't have that. So I needed some help. And I had called, at this point I had called the only family I had in town, which was my cousin. And I explained to her what was going on from my perspective and asked if I could stay with her. And she said, Aaron, I've got children. You are in a mess. I have to think about the safety of my family. And I was like, yeah, you're right. If you've ever been in a situation where you don't have anybody that you know that you can call on, you understand that that was a really challenging time for me. I had found out through a complimentary cybersecurity scan from one of my guests on my show that uh, there was traceable technologies. Um, they had memorized all of my keystrokes. So they got into all of my websites. They knew where I lived. And also, they had mentioned, if you're on a call, if you're stationary, they'll know where you're at and they can trace your location. Now, I didn't know if it was the person that I had turned in for a wellness check that had gotten, not gotten a wellness check and was retaliating, or if it was someone that was pretending at this point pretending to be hacking into both of our materials. Uh, but my cybersecurity friend uh, said, we see this all the time overseas where they will personify as you. They will pretend to be you through your technologies, through yourself, through your smartphone, through your computer, and they'll send out messages on your behalf. You won't know it because they'll erase it because it's done in the middle of the night or when you're not on it. They're very good at what they do. And I believe that people were pretending to be the person that I had turned in for the wellness check and also pretending to be me. Because how ironic would it be if a woman that owns a business for mental health was killed from someone that she loved? And then they committed suicide. That's what I believe they were trying to do to, to get me out of the competition in the mental health business because I had been offered a couple months before a position to be a grant writer with another mental health nonprofit business owner. Well, at this point, I didn't have my nonprofit yet because I just had Move Happy and Air Nicole Media. Uh, but this particular person had offered me a grant writer position 
and then spend about almost a month working it for a few hours a day but didn't get paid and when I said I need to know when I'm getting paid and what are the responsibilities then they wanted me to backtrack and write all my hours and things like that and then I found out that she was having an affair with someone on her board and she's still married to a veteran and that didn't sit right with me that did not sit right with me did not sit right with um, the partner that I was seeing that I had turned in for the mental wellness check he said no you don't need to be adding that chaos to your life he recommended that I just end the offer and say thank you no thank you and I did well she didn't like that I ended the offer because one of her board members was physically attracted to me and he knew my value he knew it would be extremely valuable to her organization for me to join forces and so I believe he was putting pressure on her just try and convince Erin. Keep reaching out to her. So she continued to reach out, trying to get me to be a part of her her team by applying for grants. Because even though I didn't have grant writing professional experience, I had um, applied for grants after graduate school when I was trying to um, get into opportunities. But the, uh, most of the grants, you had to have a teaching job in a school district. And so that was stopping me from being able to hit submit but I had been practicing writing grants um, since 2012, um, off and on. So I was very confident that I could figure it out because I always have figured things out. However, I have some standards, and I do not associate with adulterers. I do not participate when people are willingly um, having affairs on their spouses. Now, I do have friends, some friends that are open and have relationships where they have an open relationship. Now, they're not friends that I hang out with all the time, but I respect their decision in that. This particular person um, claimed to be a Christian like myself, claimed to love the Creator like myself, and so I held her to the standard that I hold myself. And when she said that her husband had been beating her physically off and on for 10 years, threw her down the stairs, and she still wasn't getting the divorce. She said, I, I was trying to get the divorce, but then I found out he would get 50% of my business, and I don't want to do that. So we're staying cool. We're staying frosty. She said, I also would lose the house. I wouldn't get any of my housing that I have been in this marriage for because the house goes to the veteran through the court system. So I said, do I need to be involved in this chaotic mess? If she's unwilling to leave an unhealthy relationship, unwilling to give him 50% ownership, which is his right, and then move on, move forward... Do I want to be a part of that? Do I want to be associated with that? No, I do not. And so I chose not to be associated with it. And unfortunately, that is when the chaos started to be added to the details. Um, I had, there was a volunteer that had been helping me, uh, that helped me write a song in earlier in October and then I had invited her and her husband for free to my Rich Happy Therapy event where she got to digitally meet the person that gave me security detail protection for a couple of days.
I introduced her to people because she was very convincing and because she had claimed to be um, a part of the Hollywood game and connected to all of these Grammy-winning artists and supposedly helped write all of these Grammy award-winning songs, but in her faith, she was not allowed to take credit for any of those songs that she had been writing since she was seven years old. She said she sold her first song to, I want to say, Aerosmith at seven years old. Now, she may or may not have been telling the truth, and I don't really care. Um, what I do care about is she had a spirit of division, and she even manipulated my own mind. I allowed her to manipulate me. I didn't know that I was being manipulated, um, but she would pour lies about people, speak terrible things about people, and I'm assuming, well, she's speaking so kindly, but she's saying these horrible things. For example, I had um, one of the guests I had at my event I had done the week or two weeks prior, I had invited uh, an actress that was the number one Netflix TV show of 2019. She was a guest on my podcast. Well, she was pointing lies about her, saying that she was sleeping around with people. Now, I don't really care what your choices are with that but she said she was married and she had kids and she was doing drugs that I was extremely concerned about I didn't want to be associated with someone that is um, doing that and has kids because she said if she's doing all that when I knew her back in the day she was getting all into those things why isn't she able to pay you for the ticket and is telling you she'll pay you the next time next month she was trying to help me grow my business and get my money up front um, but I believe she was just telling lies about people to get me pissed off. So then I had a conversation with the actress and, um, I said, Hey, um, if you're bringing a guest, maybe your guest can pay for you. Then you can pay your guest back. I was trying my best to step up as a business professional, um, but her guest was not happy about having to pay to go to an event that she initially was invited for free. So then that caused some conflict and friction and whatnot. And um, so I just said, hey, you're welcome to join it because I told you, this was via email, you're welcome to join the experience because I keep my word. Um, however, your friend is being kind of rude to me. And this is my event that I'm putting on. So if your friend is refusing to have a conversation with me, um, then you can show up, but your, your friend is not welcome. And don't worry about paying. Just, we'll just take this as a loss. Um, and basically her friend started threatening via email and all the people she knows and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, well, this turned sour real quick. Um, and that is when you associate with someone that has a spirit of division, that's what happens. They will come into all of your relationships, all of your circles of harmony, and they will put poison on it. Um, so be careful who you choose to spend your time with. Um, I believe that this same person, this fake minister that probably did get a PhD in religious studies but did not have any compassion towards people, only focused on herself, I believe, I believe she convinced this security detail person that was a part of my experience um, that I was suicidal and all of these things. 
um, that were lies about me, and I don't even care what she said about me. Um, but I do believe that is why he took the payment to take me out because she was so convincing and she had told me that he could be easily manipulated. She said, he's so young, I can tell, I can train him. So flash forward, uh, this same security detail person had told me how to connect with someone at my safe house if I got there. This will be someone you can trust because he knew that I was going through some chaos and he, I believe, knew he was causing a lot of it too. Um, he said he'll be wearing a veteran hat in the lobby, super friendly guy, you can trust him, older gentleman. I had not been sleeping much at all during that time period, um, but one morning had awoken when the morning that I was going to turn in more evidence to submit against uh, the person that I turned in for attempting to kill his mom with a plan. Um, at this point, I had put evidence of this security detail in the paperwork coming over to the house and helping. I believe someone from his team had broken into the home, not the person that I was seeing because they didn't want to be a part of the paperwork is what I believe, or paid off my landlord. Don't know which, doesn't matter. I had woken in the middle of the night probably 57 times. The creator of the universe was expanding time and space for me. I was getting ideas, I was writing down, getting clarity of thought. Um, I was sleeping on the floor at this point because I didn't know if I was going to be shot through the window. Um, I was definitely not uh, of a calm state of mind, but I was definitely heavenly protected from angels. Definitely know that for sure, 100%. When it got to a point where I had, I believe, taken a shower, I had come back to the room and six or seven of the 11 pages of notes were missing. At that point, I knew someone had broken in the home. Someone was, was in the home in that moment. Um, I didn't suspect my landlord was involved in it at that point, um, but I do know now, I believe she was, uh, which is, I mean, it is what it is. There was a huge entity that wanted to pay me for my network and I was trying to at this point pay get a bunch of people that were losing their jobs across the nation I was trying to get 10,000 people jobs because it was a huge business entity that wanted to pay me for my networking skills because I'm extremely good at bringing people together that is how I was designed by the creator of the universe <clears throat> so I spoke very loudly and knocked on her door and I said, someone is in the house. We need to call 911. She, she opened her door and said, okay. Um, I called 911, reported 
who I believed was in the home. They get to the house. They stayed outside the front door. They did not come in the house for a solid 45 minutes. There were some officers that went around the back of the house. And then at that point, they finally, maybe in 45 minutes to an hour, came in the house. They went upstairs and checked in my room. Checked for listening devices, but they didn't really know what they were looking for. Um, One of the sheriffs called me paranoid. And then they left. He did not check the downstairs at all. When they left, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, the paperwork, there was more paperwork that was, um, I had put a note out in the kitchen for my landlord to sign off on. And we also had another roommate, but she was gone during this time. She was a former um, police officer of some sort. And she was gone for a couple of days, so they knew that she wasn't going to be there through the technology hacking. (laughs) And um, my landlord had agreed that that paperwork was missing off of the counter in the kitchen. Well, the, the paperwork had came back. So that told me someone was in the house still. So we called, and the same uh, sheriff came back to the house. And at this point, at the front door, this was two hours after I called 911, because I was keeping time of everything, because I was hyper alert of what had happened. And if you are experiencing PTSD, you might be also hyper alert. Alert. I knew that my memory was not strong because I was not getting sleep. So my way around that was... And I had asked the sheriff. So it's been about two hours, and my landlord was there right next to me. It's been about two hours. Um, has anyone checked his address to see if he's there? And he's like, no, no one's checked his address. I'm like, so in two hours, no one knows where he's at awesome and I said another thing when you told me upstairs in the bedroom when you were checking my belongings when you told me that I was paranoid and his eyes bugged out real big like he was scared I said it made me feel like you didn't believe in me as a human being that I was in crisis he apologized profusely four times during his visit and I said and you guys didn't check the downstairs and my landlord agreed she said yeah nobody checked the downstairs you guys didn't really do a thorough job so this time around the sun was up he was able to um, walk around the house and check the downstairs and what he had found was there was a way for someone to easily get in through the, the back door and the downstairs part. And he said there was a piece that was broken off, so it could have been easily broken into. 
and that's where he could have gone in and slipped out, whether it was someone from, from my fake security detail team <clears throat> trying to erase, get rid of the paperwork, evidence of him being a part of what happened, or um, the person that I had turned in. Don't know which, but what is ironic is when I went into safe housing, I'm calling all of these places trying to get copies of my paperwork, my reports, because my mom's best friend, Rebecca Chisholm, she passed away a few years ago, but she was very adamant that you be your own advocate in situations that humans make mistakes all the time. And I remembered when she was talking about filing reports that she would ask for a copy of it. She would make corrections on the report and then ask them to update it so that she could have a copy, a corrected version of the copy on record because that is your right as a citizen of the United States and that is your right as a tax-paying citizen. So I was looking for getting, <laughs> getting my paperwork, getting, getting the file reports and they didn't like it. They didn't like that I was smart about things. Well, guess what? I had a veteran spouse that helped raise me. And you don't mess with veteran families. You don't mess with veteran spouse families or their kids or their nieces or nephews or their friends because they look out for each other. So when I'm making the phone call to get a copy of the record, the transcript of the first phone call I had made to the police department because I was preparing for po possibly a lawsuit. They had erased the phone call. They erased it. I don't know why they erased it other than they didn't want me to have evidence to sue them or because I had asked for a wellness check to be done. I didn't want any harm to be done to this human being that was in mental crisis that threatened to kill his mom. And I think they realized that they messed up real bad. So they didn't want any evidence of it. And that's okay because I know what I said on that phone call. And I know how much compassion I have for people, even those that have tried to kill me. And I would do it the same thing over again every single time. I would respond in the same way that I did every single time because it's how I desire to be treated. I would want someone to treat me with compassion and kindness and mercy, so I would do the same thing every single time. So I spent two months off the grid with this particular veteran that was uh, I was introduced to him from the security detail person that came to my house. I believe because this is a fatherly figure in the same industry to him that trained him, I believe, and probably fixed a lot of mistakes that he had made in error being an attractive, younger person with a very big nonprofit 
So he was concerned about his reputation and wanted to get some help from someone that he looked up to. Uh, Because I, during my Rich Happy Therapy experience, I had introduced him to a mentor of mine, Mr. Krauss, was a part of this experience. So he got to meet the person that I believe took payment over my life, as well as the 11 other people that were a part of this experience. And the thing about it is, I'm not even mad at him because the woman was so manipulative, even with me, that she caused division even on my own team. I 100% will forgive this security detail person that has an extremely large nonprofit that I could easily destroy with reporting one time. But that's not how I operate. That's not how I desire to be treated. I desire to be treated with dignity and respect and love. And that is what I am giving to this person. I have posted a couple times. Uh, my friends in other countries told me that, I say friends loosely, uh, my community members on social media, one in particular on one social media platform is in Canada, said, I was reading about your post and I tried to go and read it again um, about the person that took payment over you, but it disappeared. Now I know that's government people erasing it so that people don't have the opportunity to read the truth which is fine. I didn't post it to announce it to the world. I posted it so that he and his team of people that are watching my content on a regular basis can read it because I do not deserve what he has done this year. Uh, My protector of 2020 of two months, he and I got married this year. And instead of being able to enjoy our honeymoon and our newlywed experience this year we are living separately because he put a trace on my phone call with my business partner and threatened he and his team I believe have threatened her active duty status with the power that he has in our top level government and that is not acceptable to me because my friend would choose her family over over anything and I would want her to My friend would choose her career over anything because she spent over 20 years serving active duty in the Army. And I would never question, I would never wonder why she chose that over me. But that is not how things should work in business. That is not how human beings in the United States of America should treat each other. He has the right, the immediate right to correct this wrong that he has caused but he needs to apologize to me to my face in front of our top level leaders for separating my husband and I and for damaging my business growth opportunities and remotely hacking into my materials earlier this year in February so that 65,000 people were not emailed the invitation to my experience. This ends today. Otherwise, 
I will be sharing all the goods. And your nonprofit probably will not get much funding anymore because people will see the truth. And I don't want to have to take it to that level and you'll probably have a team of people secretly disappear me. I'm not afraid of death. We'll just put it that way. You mess with my family, you mess with my husband, that is not okay. That is not okay with me. So correct it, fix it. You have an opportunity to fix it, but time is running out. My event is this Thursday, and I've already received yesterday a notice on LinkedIn that I was violating the policy by providing a free experience to people for veterans and first responders and physicians that I have created out of my own knowing that I have gotten a team of professional leaders in the entertainment space and in the business space and in the military space from all party sides, 225,000 on the invite list, and someone randomly puts me on a limited, no. You are using your power for evil and that stops today. Make good decisions, talk to your boys, and leave Aaron Nicole alone. All you have to do is apologize to me in front of our top level leaders. I need to see you apologize and humble yourself in front of them because I am trying to help end global suicide and help empower people to find happiness from within. But I cannot even do what I have been called to do because you are trying to block my love and my light for whatever reason. This stops today. You make that appointment. You set up that meeting. And you have your team reach out to me. Those of you that are listening, you're seeing an intense, fierce version. You're hearing, I should say, an intense, fierce version of Aaron Nicole. That is my focus word of this year is fierce. I chose that in January before I got married. I never planned on getting married, but my husband proposed to me when I was in safe housing with him when I first met him he gave me the ring that I'm wearing today as a gift and I said I can't accept this gift this is too much but he wanted to treat me at the value of the queen that he saw me as and he saw my spirit he saw how pure and full of love I am and he also saw that I'm a fighter and I don't give up and I do the right thing every time. And if I mess up, then I confess up and then we move forward. He and I married this year because he has this retirement fund that he has been pouring into for 40, 50 years, every single month. And when Obama became president, laws were changed so he could no longer give this retirement fund to his children that he had planned on giving. 
he was required at this point to have a spouse of two years. And he did not have a spouse. So if that money didn't go to a spouse, it would go back to the government. And he didn't want that to happen. He wanted that money to be dispersed to people in need. He had given away his home to a family with, I believe, five children. So there was a family of six or seven. They were sleeping outside. He had given his home to them. And that is why he was homeless. And that is why I met him, because he was a homeless veteran in the safe house where I just happened to be assigned to. He was homeless, but he was not helpless. And he and I decided to get married because we both agreed that that money would be allocated however he desired. And I asked him to write a prenup. He did not write it. Um, but he trusted in me and how I would use that money and allocate that money to help people in need. And unfortunately, some people, some bad, dark people decided to try and find our location when it's none of their business. And I believe the person responsible for searching out his location is the same person that connected us. When you take money, blood money, for trying to kill people, when you take blood money for trying to ruin people's lives that have helped you, There's not much else you can do to keep yourself alive and to keep your reputation alive. Um, but I am that bridge, that peacekeeper. And I know that my husband will listen to me. If you fess up, if you apologize in front of our top level leadership, and you know who our top level leadership is, if you apologize in front of us. I want my husband to see you apologize to me and to him. We will forgive you 100%. We will wash this slate clean. We will move forward. We will not press charges. We will not sue your organization. We will not ask for a penny from you. All we want and desire and deserve at this point is an apology. So make a good decision today and schedule that appointment sooner than later because I need to focus on my event this Thursday. I don't need to focus on whether or not I have access to my technologies that continually are getting remotely hacked from your team. We live in the United States of America I should have the freedom of choice to build a life of my dreams like everybody else. But for whatever reason, you are choosing to try and, try and destroy love and light. And that stops today. For those of you listening to the show that are not involved in this, the only reason why I am publicly announcing this and sharing this is because the creator of the universe spoke in my heart this morning that I needed to share about myself for the event this Thursday. 
when you show up, when you join in on this real entertainment therapy experience, which is my 14th therapy that I have developed, you're not only going to experience a first-in-the-world history-making group therapy project that's in process, right? We're not accredited yet. Um, You also get to see a woman that has been through the darkest of times, has made it through challenging seasons, is a resiliency coach, and has been since 2018 when I moved across the country to help a family member in need and started from scratch sleeping on the floor for the first few months while I gathered income to buy a bed drove in lifts for a few months while I gathered enough money, saved up enough money to get my driver's license, to then be able to get my business license, to then be able to get a vehicle so then I could start driving for Lyft and Uber outside of my day job. I have worked and hustled for every single aspect of my businesses and no one will be taking it away from me unless the creator of the universe gives you permission. And I don't think you have his permission. Don't think you have her permission. I don't think you have their permission today. When you show up on Thursday to our experience, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, You're going to be hearing from a spiritual leader and business leader that trained me when I was a part of a drug sales industry. She helped coach me. She did not financially benefit from helping me because I wasn't in her direct line, but that was the culture that was set. You'll also get to hear from a top-level military leader, retired Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCullough, who spent over 40 years in leadership. He is going to share some golden nuggets with you. The whole topic of the whole event is community-focused. Our social connections are our strongest predictors of our happiness and or of our depressive potential if we're hanging around the wrong people or if we're isolating ourselves. You'll also get to hear from a person that actually reached out to me last year through um, just posting on social media, inviting me to a private group that supports one another um, that's not religious affiliated and they just they love doing good in the world and so they help each other and lift each other up in opportunities Um, this person is going to be sharing international business tips and I'm so grateful that they stepped up and said yes they also stepped up earlier uh, in I believe November when I sent an email out saying that I was feeling led to present a new offering in the colleges called the Power to Choose Joy Music Experience. And he immediately connected me to a professor that's a doctoral chair at multiple universities. (laughs) And I already connected with her and she wants to help me win. We're not quite ready to sign paperwork yet at this point because of the pandemic. A lot of universities are not willing to pay for offerings, but that was my 13th therapy that I developed and am developing. Um, When you want and desire things in your life, when you're clear on what your desires are, people step up to help you. 
people will be sent to you if it is in alignment with what you are called to do. Another person you're going to hear from recently retired from one of the largest entertainment brands recognized in every single country in the world. I am overwhelmed with joy because the creator has favor over my life and I will continually do good works. I will continually keep my heart in the right place because I am so extremely grateful. Retired head of Disney Hotels, Lee Cockrell, spent over used to, uh, let me back up, he used to be responsible for 40,000 cast members. Now they call them cast members because they keep it in alignment with entertainment. These are employees. He was responsible for over 40,000. That's four zero comma zero 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 people. He is speaking at my event I am so grateful he stepped up to say yes. And he was excited. Why was he excited? Because an Ivy League professor already reached out to me and wants to be a part of the white paper research. Because when you are clear in your intention of where you want to direct your intensity, your action, your behaviors, I want and desire for this to be white paper researched as the first global entertainment therapy in the world, eventually get it white papered, get it into all textbooks and translate it into all languages available in all universities. It is a big bodacious goal. We're not gonna have that done after this experience right away. It's gonna take years to do that. But how amazing and what a great opportunity for him and his family and his legacy to be a part of it, to be a part of history. So he called me back within 30 seconds, I think, of leaving the voicemail. He was very excited to be a part of it. So he's going to be speaking from a leadership perspective and also from a powerful marriage perspective because he was married for over 50 plus years. You're also going to get to hear some fabulous original music. I'm super excited to share my friends with you. Uh, a band called Grieve the Astronaut, Raymond Hayden and Serga. And they have a few other band members, but the two of them have a duet that they are singing together that Ray and his wife, Jessica Lynn Witte, wrote together. Um, it's, it's under the theme. It's, uh, it's, it's perfectly timed with um, the focus as well as just mental health support and whatnot. Put aside your worry is the title. You also will get to hear from one of my friends from my high school music program, from Mr. Krause and his music company. He graduated a few years after me. Um, Mr. Krause continually up-leveled his standards, and Matt Flores was a part of the U.S. Air Force Tops and Blue group that got to perform at a freaking previous Super Bowl, you guys. I'm bringing you my friends to hear their original music. He is, he is going to be performing an original song that he wrote. What is the value? What is, what is the value of seeing and being in an experience with someone that has performed at the biggest event in the world that you could be a musician for? And you get to be in the same room as him for free. 
I'll be sharing some original music as well. One of the songs that I'm sharing, I wrote while in safe housing. The melody came to me a few days before the lyrics, and I'm walking outside in my morning workout time, and the creator of the universe spoke in my heart and said, today you are going to write a song that is going to transform the world. And I'm getting emotional because I remember that day so vividly. It's happening. It's happening this Thursday. I went back to my uh, second safe house location because our first safe house location we had gotten kicked out of. I shared about that on an earlier podcast or post. Um, You can ask me about it if you want more details, but I'm going to stay laser focused on this story. My husband and I wrote the song together, but we were not dating yet. He was my protector. (laughs) I struggle with writing bridges because I've not had professional songwriting experiences. So he helped me write the bridge to the song, and we wrote this song together. So you're going to hear a song that I wrote with my husband before before we uh, even started dating. Um, You're also going to hear the veteran theme song that is played at every single concert, every single event that I host um, that's music-related, and that I will always sing and honor veterans and first responders because it was him and his friends that I didn't meet, but they were all veterans and first responders that do good in the community when things get out of whack. They, They fix things for people. They do good things for people. And so all veterans, all first responders will be honored because of the sacrifices that they made for me for free for two months, round the clock protection. And that is why those evil people are trying to find them because they wanted to take me out. They tried to kill me, but they couldn't do it. (laughs) I'm grateful that uh, my husband, well, at the time he wasn't even my boyfriend, but Um, he stepped up to get me the help that I needed. So I'll be singing that song, the veteran theme song, the song that he and I wrote together. Um, There's also a pop song that I wrote for the International Day of Mental Health for 2020. And if you guys are enjoying the experience, then I'll also be singing an encore that I wrote last year Um, to help me break up with someone in a kind way. It came to me um, when I was walking in the woods because I was um, dating somebody last year that wasn't treating me at the value that I deserved. Wasn't quite as bad as 2020, right? He didn't try to, you know, kill his mom or anything like that. Uh, So I definitely up-leveled my game, but um, he wasn't giving me the attention that I wanted and desired. Um, And I wasn't going to fight him about it. Like, dude, like, you got a queen over here and you're too busy drinking and watching your football. Okay, well, I'm going to go find something else, someone else to spend my time with or just focus in on my businesses and whatnot. Um, I didn't need to be rude to him. I didn't need to disrespect him as a human being. Uh, But I definitely wasn't going to waste any more time with him. Um, And, but I also needed to be sensitive because he had revealed to me um, some suicidal thoughts when he was drinking a few times. And so I wanted to be kind 
when I broke up with him and it needed to be his decision, not my decision to break up, to keep his ego intact. And I think that's why the song lyrics came to me because my heart is always in the right place. I will always treat you with the, the value and the kindness and the love that you deserve, that I believe I deserve because I treat people how I desire to be treated. So you'll get to hear that if you're giving good energy and you wanna hear the encore and then our keynote speaker, retired USPS postmaster will be closing out the experience. And should you want to stay and mingle and connect with people, um, we're gonna leave the doors open for about 30 minutes after the experience. Um, it is a recorded event also, so that you have a keepsake of the experience that uh, I'll be emailing it out. So you wanna make sure that you have already RSVP'd to it. Um, you should be on our invite list. You had until midnight last night to get on the invite list and as soon as I am done with this recording I'm going to upload this onto the podcast platform and I'm going to be sending out the email invitation shortly after that because I got to get to work at my day job all right I love you guys so much thank you for listening don't forget to tell someone you love them today See you this Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, on Zoom.